Welcome to the Joy Quota Podcast. I'm Dylan Fall. And I'm Gavin Malcolm. Our guest tonight is Amy Height. She is so wonderful and fantastic. It is incredible how much good vibes can be contained in such a small, wonderful person. We know you guys are going to love this. We talk about everything from how much sunlight is appropriate for a human <laughs> adult. We talk about living in New York versus Denver. And we get into joy and all the wonderful ways you can find it. So please enjoy. What, what can I tell you and where can I start? Um, <laughs> I'm a very recent transplant to Denver. How recent? Oh my gosh. I moved here um, towards the end of the summer, so like July of 2020. Um, I moved from New York, um, and it was entirely uh, pandemic related. So I didn't know that. Oh, absolutely. Um, so the pandemic was like, "Hey, were you thinking of making a life change? Let me just force that." And so that has um, that has occurred, which has worked out in so many ways. I'm really happy to be here, and it's just such a beautiful spot to be in. Where'd you um, move from? From New York. Like New so, York City. New York City, New York, like Washington deal, Heights, yeah. the George Washington Bridge. Like wow. there, there we were, and now there we are not, which is <laughs> so much better. Yeah. Um, New York is a really interesting place to live, and I feel like there are so many um, opinions about the experience of living there. Like there's people who love it, and it's totally their jam. There are a lot of reasons to live there, and then also a lot of reasons to be like, I cannot do this anymore. Um, it's, it's a very challenging place, and I think that totally works for some people, and I am a mountain person, so um, it did not work for me. And Where I was are you there from originally? Outside of Toronto. Um, what? I know. So I'm a, an immigrant um, in like the most yeah. mild sense of the word. Um, so I moved to America in 2012. Um, I grew up outside of Toronto, but I moved to Vancouver for university and then stayed there for a few years after that. So that was maybe like the... Maybe, apart from Denver, the best yeah. move I've ever made. I was going to say, I feel like then Colorado probably feels very much like home. Oh, 1,000%. Yeah. It feels <laughs> so familiar and so good. And that was part of the reason for moving here was just that, like, it's it's beautiful. It's outdoorsy. Colorado generally sort of just feels like Canada shrunk down. Like, a lot of the things that are here and a lot of the way that, like, people are, at least in Denver, are, like, it's just so, so chill and so welcoming and... It feels like very homey. Um, and so coming back to a place that has mountains has been just wonderful and good for my brain. And also you can see the sky, which doesn't always happen in New York. Like I would yeah. go several days without really actually seeing the sky or the daylight. And that was hard. And it's Is it just better. like smoggy or like literally the buildings? Like It's mostly just the buildings. Yeah. Like really? you have to just like crank your neck back so hard to like look up and be like, am I still on a planet? I don't know. And then you are, but you're in New York. Whoa. And so mm -hmm. That alone <clears throat> keeps me out. I notice a dramatic difference if I don't get enough sunlight. One thousand plant. What do you know? That actually sounds so right. I can see your little sprouts and they look nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what they're happens? Split in. <laughs> <laughs> but they're so beautiful. Yeah. Um, what happens if you don't get enough sunlight? I, I literally shut down like a solar powered car or something. Like it's embarrassing. I, I bet a lot of people are like that and we just don't realize it because I'm probably like that when I'm like too into my editing mm -hmm. and like only like looking out the window and then I get bummed on editing and I we got a sweet someone's backing up their car oh cool truck but anyway yeah. uh <laughs> yeah and I never realized it probably is partly due to sun so I bet I bet there are other people that may not have realized that until just now yeah well I'm happy to illuminate it for oh, now. oh yeah. lol I feel like that's that's so accurate though right because you're taking in that energy from outside life 
and then turning it into something else. And if you're not replenishing it, then we're just sort of draining our life force into our computers or our editing suites yeah. or our job things. Well, I mean, like, even if it's, in. like, the difference of, like, I can work inside on a sunny day and I'm genuinely, like, there's more energy and stuff. And then percent. if it's gray, yeah. even if I'm outside, I'm, like, super lethargic mm-hmm. and I just can't make things happen. And, it, like, my brain doesn't function as well. And I you're think it's a solar-powered just, guy. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I think it's because I'm from Colorado. Like, I'm so used to 300 days of really beautiful sunshine as much as possible. And then I go other places and I'm like, how do you people live like this? What's happening here? Yeah. That was the tricky thing about living in Vancouver. Like, it was so gorgeous a lot of the time. And then for five months, it rains. And so you're oh. just in, like, it's it's still beautiful and it's temperate and it's wonderful, but it's gray for half the year. So it's, I think that, um, like, Is it seasonal effect. Warm rain? Totally. So yeah. it's like playing in the rain weather. I think so. Like to a point. There's like some days you don't. It's still that. winter. It's still winter. <laughs> so. But it's like, you know, it's not snowing as much. You know. All right. But yeah. the but the gray is very real. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like I I'm on board with the sunshine. Hooray. Tea yeah. Sun. Well, very good. we're so glad you're here in Colorado where you can big, as much of it sun. as you can. Thank we were just talking you. about Yeah, big, big sun. sun, exactly. <laughs> so Gavin's house has um, a bunch of random holes cut in it and like... They're called skylights. Skylights. <laughs> but, but they are random in their placement yeah. in, in so far as they would direct sunlight onto your face first thing in the morning or the They're sunlight... In between walls. In, yeah, because that's where the sun needs to <laughs> yeah. go. So we decided that big sun was actually behind the construction mm. of, I'm sure, this whole subdivision. Exactly. And it's really just trying to permeate always, which is maybe good. There are worse problems to have. Maybe. What would yeah. be like the worst big thing to have built your house? Like if, oh. if big something okay. was responsible for your house. I like what, this <laughs> game so what's, much. What's the worst version? Uh, well, the problem is the any like big tobacco or big pharma <laughs> yeah. have lots of money. So presumably yeah. you'd have a massive house if they were in charge. If of they your were. Oh, because they are shady little snakes and they try and make their profits so much that they probably right you would you would die oh interesting you would would, either whatever they built you you would die from but you'd be in lots of space until you would look cool while you were there perhaps yeah that's so Hmm. interesting i would those were the two that i was going to go with is like i was going to go big pharma big pharma okay because they just seem to make a lot of shortcuts oh yeah i'm picturing like you buy your house and then just like at the end of a pharmaceutical ad, it's like side effects might be leaky roof, toilet doesn't work, and just like it goes through like a list of horrible problems of like you're inside, but welcome to this new yeah. housecape. Oh, that's really interesting. And they would say it so quickly that yeah. you'd be like, oh, I'm sure it's fine, and just ignore it. And then it turns out, ask your doctor ask if this, this house, house is correct for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Uh, but then they would like... sell you. Uh, all of the things that you need to fix that yeah. house. Because oh. they'd have like a roof repair kit. Right, because they have the, the pill the for the side effects. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> it's made by the same people. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You're so right. What if it was like Big Cockroach? Like if <sighs> your house was built by Big Cockroach. I'm into that. That would be okay? Yeah, I'm pro-cockroach. Okay. They okay. can beat the nuclear like holocaust. Yeah. They are like oh, so... at the end of days. There yeah, would be they're like just... so sturdy and like hardy as a creature. I mm-hmm. feel like they make a very good structure well, i don't know yeah i don't know where, where do you cockroaches live though they live they in live Australia. like in a very dark no they i think they like they hate the light right so it's, yeah. it would be very dark oh, and cave-like dark. And yeah a little damp very yeah uh, <laughs> wouldn't need a humidifier that's no that's pretty good and you'd but always with have the friends sun, with your sun yeah. thing that it's yeah. kind of yeah. <laughs> that is a pretty big deal breaker let's be honest all right guys 
I'm looking for a house. Yeah. It can't be built by cockroaches. That's my one bugaboo. <laughs> oh no is yeah. this gonna happen this whole time are we just gonna keep illuminating and making bug jokes and i just mean like your puns are just yeah oh, i wasn't point. kidding when <laughs> i was joking around this is it worked today i was like just so you know release all expectations of what this is there's no pressure it's basically an hour and a half of free association there's like no an improv structure. game yeah. i'm delighted <laughs> no i'm pleased Thanks for letting me come play. Yeah. Well, continue your story. So you moved to New York and then you just recently moved here to Colorado. What brought you here? Um, The pandemic. So um, the thing that I did as a job isn't a job right now or possibly ever again. It's hard to know. Um, I worked in the theater. Yes. As my my vocation Mm -hmm. um, since college. Um, And um, that's not a thing we do anymore because it involves the gathering of the people and the spitting on the others. So um, we're, we're not doing that. Um, which is unfortunate, but it was, you know, I feel very lucky to have gotten to do it for a job for as long as I did. It was very interesting and cool and sparkly and also like sometimes very not sparkly. Um, the first day that I, uh, was working on the Broadway, um, I showed up at work and they were showing me around and I was like, great, good to know where all the things are. And on that very day, all of the showers backed up with sewage. And yeah. I was like, oh, it's so magical here. Like <laughs> Yay, the big city. I, I, the big city. I like, I made it and I work on Broadway and the theater's yeah. filling up with sewage. Okay. <laughs> Neat. Um, so that was, you know, it was always like very much a mix of that. And I feel like that is quintessentially New York. Like, oh, it's like sparkly and cool and exciting. And also like there's probably feces somewhere and you just have to yeah. like be very careful. Um, uh, to me, yeah. I feel like I've never thought of New York City as like this big sparkly city. Mm, it definitely has I picture that. like this is where like you go okay. if you want to like <laughs> get in a knife fight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think maybe in the 70s. I think it's like a little bit less knife fighty now. Um, but it's just like, it's very commercial and it's very, you know, it's, it's very cool. Like there's wonderful arts and culture and food and like every kind of human you could ever hope to meet or encounter, like they live there and that it was wonderful and cool. And, um, it just felt like a really like interesting place to be. I think the tricky thing is, um, that there are so many people in such a small space. So you have this like 13 mile long Island and then, you know, the, um, burrows off to the, Mm-hmm. Uh, the sides and um it's just like millions of people in not a huge space and it used to feel like being in a hamster cage where like there's just too many hamsters in this cage yeah. and then the hamsters all go crazy because they don't have enough room and now they're all killing each other but like there yeah. everybody was just you know it puts you very much in like survival mode i think um just because it's so intense but there are also like some very cool redeeming things about it and i feel very lucky to have been able to live there so well and i feel like you probably keep a way cooler head under pressure than like someone who lives in Colorado their whole life and like they never have had to like make eye contact with a crazy person on a subway while they're being like smushed up against the door and they're just like pretend I'm not here pretend I'm not here and just like get through it Mm because you have two more stops like that is so real like I remember as a kid being like weirded out by the light rail because there was like someone else on the entire car with me and I was like this is weird this is not like being in my car at all where I'm alone yeah yeah I feel like that's that's very real. Like you learn how to interact with people differently and just how to like coexist in a space and like what are the rules of the sidewalk or what are not the rules of the, the sidewalk. The rules of the sidewalk is you get a half. You get the right half. That is correct. And if you are of any other opinion, you are wrong <laughs> yeah. and you don't get to use sidewalks anymore, you have to walk in the street. You have to like, good luck. Also very dangerous. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's real. <laughs> I think there's definitely like a certain amount of like resilience that comes out of living in any place that is really intense or really busy or really full. Like you just, 
I don't know, I feel like the brain does a, a very good job of filtering out like what is important and what is a threat and then what is nothing or what is noise. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting living here now. Like I live um, on South Broadway in the city and I've had like some people come visit and they're like, oh my God, you live on South Broadway? Like, is it so loud? I'm like, no, it's so, like I face South Broadway. Like yeah. I see the sprouts at like Broadway and Mississippi. Like it's it's right there in that like busy intersection. And I'm like, no, this is so peaceful because I'm used to. And you're to... also like two blocks off of the highway itself too. Oh like, yeah. You're, you're like the busiest. It's pretty busy. I hear nothing. And it's wonderful wow. because I think I'm just, I'm used to a certain level of like intensity. And so and that's also been interesting to translate to work and to basically everything here that like even on like the most insane day at work and like we have some days yeah. as you know that are like pretty intense and crazy and there are like high stakes things happening I haven't yet to have a day here in my entire Denver experience that feels moderately as intense as anything like in New York and I think yeah. my nervous system for so many reasons is like oh I'm so happy thank you <laughs> so it's it's just interesting like it's a different level of intensity and I think like probably everybody here is going to live way longer because just everything is just like a little bit calmer that doesn't mean that people aren't working hard and people aren't focused but there's just like a level of mayhem that is not a part of the day generally yeah. so that's kind of good also like not taking the subway is maybe the best thing that has ever happened to me did you know that um, I wait, didn't know yeah. I'm so excited to find <laughs> out yeah okay so th- things you should know yes. I have uh, an Instagram account that I have not um, contributed to since leaving uh, New York. However, um, it is called Rage Poems. Um, and I used to sit on the subway and yep. compose my rage poems so that I didn't punch anybody because like the experience <laughs> of being yeah. on public transit, it was so banana pants. Oh, he's getting the phone, everyone. So I, I had to do this as like a therapeutic experience to like get through my commute every day. Because... What a lovely thought, by the way. Massive kudos. Thank you. What a great... Like, you know, <laughs> like that's it's maybe not a win-win, but it's definitely not a win-lose. Like, no, nobody gets hurt. Nobody you gets hurt. You get to be creative. Yep. And fantasized rage and like violence is always funnier <laughs> and like better than like when you're like mad. You're like, oh, it'd be so good to like punch the wall, and then you don't. But like, you still get the like release. Just like I'm moving the wall. Now you have to fix the wall. And like, your hand. Yeah. Yeah. So like nothing and no one was harmed in the making of the rage poems and I felt better and like I think they're funny. So here we are. But um, the experience of not having to do that every day, A plus. And did you know that when you have a car, like as an adult person new to Colorado, (laughs) (laughs) I spent a lot of time on the train. (laughs) So much time. Finish your story and then we're going to have you read a couple. Oh, joke. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so what um, I didn't know. All right, 50, 55. That's not. It's not like. It's not it's so, so many. many. There it are looks probably, like a lot when you're scrolling. There's like that probably another. Poems that I've ever made. Ever? Okay. So. We're going to like start a poem challenge. There, I still have a bunch of my phone that are not on there, yeah. but now that it just feels like too belated to post them, but there's probably a hundred more poems in my phone. Anyways. My own like well being. But as an adult person, yes. I have only lived in cities and I have never had a car. And so I moved here and I bought a car. And as it turns Wait, out. Wait, what? I know. How old were you when you purchased your first set of wheels? 32. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> How old were you when you got a driver's license? 16. Okay. Because I've met some people where they're just like, I'm I not just even getting a it. license. And I'm like, come on. Get a license. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's helpful. So. Um, that's all good. Just it's interesting as an adult person to have purchase this car and then to be like oh did you know you can drive to the grocery store and then you get your groceries and then you put them in the back of your car and then you drive them home it is a miracle you have to like, <laughs> it is oh like it is so great 
Wow. Yeah. And I would, I take that for granted. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yep. Bonus. If you don't want to bring them inside, you don't have to, you can leave them in the car. You can leave all the toilet paper you just bought at Target in the car. Yeah. You don't have to bring it in. It can just stay in the car. You can't do that if it's a subway. You can't leave anything in the subway. And then also yeah. you have to carry it in the subway. And you have to then like make these and value assessments. And it has to be only so much that you can carry on your person. Yeah. And still defend your scythe. <laughs> just your scythe. Defend yourself. Yeah. In yeah. a subway type scenario. Like rarely is the subway like dangerous. It's mostly just crowded and annoying. So if you have 18 bags, one, you're that jerk with 18 bags. And two, now you have to carry all this stuff 16 blocks to your apartment. So you have to make the value assess of like, do the I want... The nearest spot from the subway was 16 blocks? No, I, I never lived that far from Oh, okay. No, but is like, that even an option? Often, Oh, yes. yeah, I think there's course. a ton what? of people who... Because yeah. it only goes like certain directions. Yeah. Oh my... It's like the... Right? It's a little terrible. bit like the light yeah. rail. Like mm-hmm. the light rail... The light rail here is worthless unless you live by it. Right on it. That's true. Um, or drive yourself to the light rail. But at least like there is then... an option to drive. Right. In New York, like that's just not an option. Right. Not for mostly everyone. Yeah. yeah. So that like you can just go to the store and then like drive home. Wow. It's so So great. happy for you. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. Did, I'm a change. Did player. you realize that and then intentionally go buy a bunch of really big items? Like, I mean, <laughs> like big like body pillows and like really obnoxious, obtrusive, like I bought a random end table just because, just because. I needed to use my car. Well, so I think I knew about this as a thing because I have, I have driven a car. And <laughs> I, I heard Laura whispers on the wind. No, it's on yeah. television. Yeah, yeah. Oh, on yes. television, they show in, you how it's uh, done. With the car and the transporting yeah, of the things. Yeah. yeah. Um, what, I, what I did purchase that was um, quite an adventure was this like lamp from mm-hmm. um, World Market. Also yeah. a new find. World Market, turns out, is yeah. not sponsoring it's this like, podcast, but I love it so much. It's like if Ikea wanted to impress your parents. Yes. Oh is God, really what so it is. They should put that on the no, sign. It's not like that much better than Ikea. No, but it's In great. Fact, some of the furniture is probably worse, but it yeah. looks... So fancy. Oh, yeah. yeah. And like their candles and their stuff is just, yeah. it's very good there. It's very good. They had this like beautiful lamp that was probably like, it was a weird big curvy shape. And this is an audio medium, so I can't demonstrate it for you. But um, it had the base and then this like big curvy loopy thing that I bet to like measure the full um, like ground plan footprint that this there would cover. Is. There it is. You're a builder now. We went on a journey. <laughs> uh, <laughs> was probably like, Four and a half feet, but it was unwieldy. And they were like, we're going to sell you the floor model. And I was like, sure, that's cool. And then carried this like incredibly unwieldy thing that I then had to dismantle and put in the back of my car, which is, you know, it fit, but then putting it back together. Um, I think I fought with the lamp for like three hours in my kitchen. And then I was like, you're going back to the store. And then I put it back in the car and we went back oh. to the store. And then lamp is, I'm sure, having a beautiful new life with someone else. But um, wow. I love that. <laughs> um, I ended up purchasing the same lamp again, um, but in the box so that I could... Um, not uh, have to take it apart and just put it together. And I um, affectionately refer to her as Nightmare Lamp. Nightmare <laughs> <laughs> Hey, babe, will you just go turn on the Nightmare real quick? I'm trying to do some light reading. You got to you, you gotta set it up to an Alexa. And, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Alexa, turn on the Nightmare. That's a great idea. I'm going to do it. Yeah, Thank you. That's fantastic. It also flickers at random times. Anyway, it's fine. It's fine. Yes. Having uh, a car. Very good. Julie. Now, we're going to definitely... Come back to rage poems. Okay. Uh, I really like the uh, like the the about me section. Yeah. Of rage poems. <laughs> like I'm picturing this as an OK Cupid. Yeah. 
<laughs> it just says rage poems because composing a poem feels more productive than losing my shit at people. Pair of hands. Namaste. <laughs> This is amazing, and I can't wait to hear some of your wonderful words. Oh, goodness. Okay, this is it's like a cold read. Like, I haven't read these in a while. I wonder if I should go. But you're professional. It's been a couple months, but you're professional. I should clarify, I was never an actor. That was not my gig, but um, it's okay. It's all right. You know what? Um, Oh, okay, this is one of the originals. I remember writing this one because it was so shocking. Okay. I'm so excited. I wish that people listening could feel the like tension in the room. This is so great. I'm so excited. Okay. Expectations are so. This All is right. like does so it, much pressure. Does this uh, bring back any memories of like yeah. what what you were going through at perhaps this time Did in you your life? What uh, you wrote this I about do, like specific I do I remember sitting in this train I remember I was coming back from a recording of a podcast um, of Whoa, the I know, serendipitous so meta um, it is instantly called the Babysitter's Club Club and it is like two men in their 40s who get drunk and talk about the Babysitter's Club books and it is the best thing apart from this what? podcast in the entire world <laughs> they are like five years in and it is so funny and um, every week they read a book yeah, and they, give them a follow guys check them out yeah Babysitter's Club Club very good. Okay. So I was coming back from a live taping of that podcast um, from Brooklyn. Okay. <clears throat> if you are going to defecate in the train, in the train, I am going to change cars. A merciful moment for the MTA to be stalled. That really happened. He was literally pooping what? in the seats. Yeah. That is... <clears throat> I, I think of that in my first thought. I was like, what if he's the only one of us that's truly free? Like, I've never experienced, like, that level of, like, not caring. I, I don't know if it I was, like... I don't think the world would be a nicer place. No. But I do wonder what it's like to genuinely not care to that level. Yeah. I, Usually there's probably some type of chemicals. Some, something is oh, happening yeah. to that's encourage true. this decision. Yeah. That's great. You, you know, <clears throat> poor little field mouse is yeah. hearing from city mouse. Yeah. How crazy that, you know... New Yorkers and you hear like I, I, comedians and stuff joke like about how crazy the subway is and you're always like yeah sure there's got to be some like <laughs> you know creative license being taken here no it's all real the, I think the, yeah. the, you didn't even have to try you immediately were able to find that one yeah talking about a dude taking a dump on the train is truly let's all pray for New York this is rough <laughs> So a little bit, like, I don't want to give it a hugely horrible reputation. Like, it can do that on its own. But, like, again, redeeming things. Mm-hmm. And also, like, there's always a bad place. They're like, I just, yeah. every day. Um, and I, I think when I started writing these, I would, like, tag the MTA's Instagram. Also, like, why does the MTA have an Instagram? Just to be like, this is my version of submitting a complaint. But I'm yeah. going to do my own poem. Well, I feel like if I was going to get a complaint, that's how I would want it, right? <laughs> like, like a gentle, free-form... Yeah. Musing. <laughs> well, and at least you're like, they put some thought and effort into this. So they took the time to like, not just like rage scream at me. Right? Like I'm picturing like if you're the TSA lost your bag or something. And then like, instead of going in and yelling at this poor person. Yeah. Just go in and give them like a small limerick or a haiku about yeah. missing your bag. I and... really appreciate your help in finding my bag. Also, can you please make the man stop pooping? Like it's exactly, kind of, it's yeah. like in the same world. I love that so yeah. much. Mm-hmm. For so many reasons, please encourage your child to remove his mouth 
from the pole. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Can we make this into like a a dining room table or like a coffee table book? Yeah. It wouldn't take a ton to like... That's the ultimate plan for Rachel's. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I... I'd buy that. <laughs> I was just going to say, um, you know, this hasn't caught in fire like so many awesome things in our lives that, that don't gain massive popularity. Mm-hmm. But I, would, I wouldn't have been shocked if you pulled that up and there had been a million followers, honestly. Yeah. There's not, but... When the book like, comes, maybe When the book comes. Yeah. Yeah. So as soon as you had mentioned your Instagram... I just found out that Allie's brother is mm-hmm. doing a podcast with a guy who is the host, or like, I don't know if the host, he is the creator of the Nihilist Arby Twitter account. Oh my gosh, no way. And it's literally, this guy <laughs> just says like the most horrifically nihilistic, like, the world is empty and nothing is nothing. And just like, Arby's. at the very end, he's like, go grab yourself a beef and cheddar. Like, <laughs> but he has no affiliation with Arby's. They're not paying him. Like he just did it as like a joke. I'm sure and it started that so way. Like what was things. that first one that he was like, yeah, that's a good way to end that. And now here he is. And he yeah. is, yeah. So that's, wait, is that a, is that a thing? It's like a it's real, a real thing. thing. No, yeah. But it's, it's a big thing. Oh yeah. He's like, yeah. he has a pretty decent following. Like I think it was over a hundred thousand followers or something oh, crazy wow. like that. Of the people who just really appreciate the and sentiment, the, I guess. They're like, 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 yeah. like, had you heard of it before this? Or? Yeah. Oh, wow. It's yeah. a real thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, so I, I'm a big fan of let's get Rage Poems out into the ether and support Amy's dream. That is, is my amazing. dream. <laughs> a coffee table book is yeah. my dream. One of many. One but of yeah. many. Yeah. Do you want me, I'll give you I one more. I don't know. Yeah. They make po- poetry books. Like that's oh, yeah. a thing that, I no that exists in real life. published a real poetry book with like, whoa, the, like it was like something she'd been working on for like eight years. And it's like this volume oh of her soul, like a real poetry book. That's legit. That she actually got like legitimately published. Good for her. I feel like that's yeah. very hard to do, especially with poetry. Like it's really, it's, it's niche. It's not a hot market. It's not a hot market. <laughs> like I think there, there are the people who like really love the poetry and are like, into it and of that world and it's beautiful and good but it's itty bitty yeah yeah interesting yeah i was published when i i believe it was in fifth grade excellent so they had i'm just not learning this yeah really it was something like swinging sally but it was in an anthology yeah of like but and they really i mean like a collection i'm collection oh lots so they probably so here (laughs) Which, when you mention there's, it, it struck in my mind for the first time in I don't even know, twenty five years, uh, that it was all it's all a business. Like there's no market for this. Nobody is buying this except for the parents of the yep. people. Yep. And my parents bought two, and they probably charged them like fifty bucks because it's a massive book. But yeah. you do that for a thousand kids. There you go. And of course your kid is public or is in this book, you're gonna buy it. So there's a thousand people buying one or two or more, maybe even more for fifty bucks. Yeah. It's not a bad business. It's not a bad and business. This is the first time I realized that <laughs> twenty five years later that it was specifically for that. I mean, yeah. I, I imagine also too to give you as like a young author the experience of being published, and that's as a like young you know, like I feel like that's a very I mean, formative thing to have happen, and then it's very encouraging because you're like, oh, like maybe I have a a thing that could be nurtured, and and I don't know. Yeah, I, I wish I I had it here. I would read it. I would I, I would be a part of the reading of of the, the poem. I feel like I that's gonna have for to happen. Sure, do have 
technically a notebook of poems in the uh, I might okay I could have thrown it away because I can't imagine why I would keep it but I did have like an entire spiral bound notebook because we had to write poems for English class yeah and my teacher kept telling me they were good yeah so I I just kept it as like a book of affirmation where I'm like every time I see that book I'm like remember that time an authority figure said you were great Keep up the good work. And then I just go on with my life. I think that's so beautiful. My life is constantly reaffirming how great I am, which has led to other problems. But they're different problems than most other people's problems. That is very fascinating. Your life is constantly reaffirming. Like all I do is like I've lowered the bar for what I'll pat myself on the back for. Okay. So low that my whole day I'm just like, you're fucking nailing it. Like the whole time in my head. Is that a bad thing though? Like I feel like that's, is that maybe not like a really motivating thing? I don't think it's terrible. I think I've maybe convinced myself I'm far more impressive and awesome than I actually am. Like one of the things that Allie does best is she really takes me down a notch or two. And it's one of my favorite things. She'll just like call me out in public or in front of people when like she knows it'll hurt. And it's so funny. Is it though? It's so because I've earned it. Like okay. I'll be sitting there telling everyone how wonderful I am, and she's like, "Really though, Copernicus?" Like, okay, whatever it is, and she'll just like say something that lets everyone know, like, "Remember, he's full of shit. He's just living in this little world inside of his head where he's so great." Here's here's an alternative thought. Is there a world where your your life, it like your your life itself, and not you? is actually reaffirming that you are like on the right path and doing the right thing and that you are... I would like to think so. Yeah, okay. I mean, that's that's kind of what I'm saying. It's like... Okay. So Allie and I, we talk about an upward spiral. Mm-hmm. Everyone's worried about do- downward spirals. Like, yeah. They stub their toe first thing in the morning and they're like, uh-oh. Day's over. My day's going to spiral out of yeah. control from here. I like will wake up and then I'll throw my toothpaste as high as I can in the bathroom because it's got a really tall ceiling. And if it flips exactly and I catch it like a ninja, I'm like, hell yeah. Today's going to rule. You know, like, what I happens just if lower... it hits the floor? Then I just throw it again until I catch it great. Perfect. Like, there's there's a, a guy I follow on Instagram uh, called Charlie Rocket, I think. That, what a great name. That's yeah. a great name. Uh, his thing is winning streak. And so just like anytime anything good happens, you just go winning streak. And yes. Oh my God, and I love you, that yeah. so much. That's upward spiral for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Same exact thing. Yeah. There's so much power in like what you're paying attention to. And so if you're like looking for the things that are going well, you will keep seeing them. And if you're looking for the things that are shitty and bad, like you will absolutely see those. But if you're trying to pay attention to like, I just sat in that chair so well. And I like definitely just took a drink of that without like. You're making fun of me, but I 100% no, but I, give I'm myself actually, the biggest kudos. I'm actually like, like not making fun of you at all. Like <laughs> it's, I'm entirely serious that like if you are throughout the day just being like, things continue to go well. Like you'll keep seeing the things that are going well. And that's just so much more buoying than like, ah, oh, that went wrong. And like that person sucks. And this is all yeah. hard. And when if you keep track of all these little tiny itty bitty wins, yeah. when something inevitably does go wrong, yeah. you're like, that was that one thing today? Like, whatever, who cares? And mm-hmm. even if it was like, I got in a car crash, you're like, I still had a hundred other wins today, you know? Like, and it kind of like balances yeah. it all out. Yeah. So I think I just come in a little too like self assured. I think Is a little bit a of thing? like, yeah, I think it's important <laughs> to like keep yourself in check a little sure. bit. Okay. Versus yeah. like, I mean, this, it's also just like part of my personality in general. It's like I'm a very extroverted person and loud. And so like if I 
am convinced I'm so great, I just kind of like take over a space with my energy versus if I'm like, what if I let other people talk too? That'd be great. They probably have ideas. Speaking of that, I would like <laughs> to hear, uh, What an interesting awareness to have. Yeah, I would, I would love to hear more about Amy's experience in the theater. Yes. We, uh, we kind of really glossed over that when she mentioned it, and I think that would be a very interesting topic. Like, You're so sweet to ask. Um, I'm so happy to talk about it. Um, what, a, what a cool and interesting industry to work in. Um, I've been feeling a little bit this week like I'm like, oh, I, like, I miss it. Like I'm, I'm aware of the days when I'm not in that energy um, because it's a very specific, like, again, it's an intensity, but like a, a really positive one. Um, and that like creative energy and like just like humans with like big, big, big personalities. Like you guys yeah. both have big personalities and you're fabulous and wonderful. And then when you put like 40 people who are you in a room, it's like, wow, like the electricity of that is really interesting. Um, I, yeah, I feel very lucky that I got to do that as, as a job. Like they're setting up this week for the, uh, like they're kind of doing a version of the Tony Awards, um, and trying to like figure out how to like space everybody out and how they're going to do that. And I was looking at some photos and just being like, oh, I'm sad I'm not there. And I'm not like, because I worked at Radio City for a season. And so I'm like very familiar with that space that they're setting this thing yeah. up. And I'm just like, oh, I'm like, I'm sad to not be in that world anymore. The third but I stair can... creaks. Yeah. Totes. Yeah. <laughs> Don't fall in the big hole. Yeah, exactly. You will die. Um, it's yeah it was a really like it was a cool thing to do as a gig for so long i i started in university um as a as a performer thinking like that that it would be the track that i would go on and then um very quickly realized that i'm like way too controlling um and i can't sit around and like wait to be told what to do and i worked with a really good stage manager who like she was on her shit and like knew everything all the time and had the plan and had the schedule and was the one just like making sure that everything was running smoothly and i was like oh no well that that's actually what i do like that's a much better use of my skills um, and I still get to be in the space and still get to do that. So I ended up just like shifting the direction of my degree. Um, it's what been... a lovely thing. I feel like most people get so like, especially like a performer would be like someone who's got this like very vivid, intense, specific, clear, like this is mm -hmm. what I'm supposed to be. This is what I want yeah. to do. And like, I feel like that's a really special thing that you were able to see that small little shift and be like, that's better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Especially in something That's like acting where like to be an actor, you're, you're kind of like, Oh, it's all about me. And then to, to shift that. Okay. It's not all about me. I'm going to, but that decision was kind of all about. Well, no, it's just using yeah. your, your natural skills. Mm -hmm. Like Ali is looking for a new job currently. Mm -hmm. And we went through this very in-depth personality profile and she's reading all these things and she's like upset to some degree that like they don't line up with whatever her like blueprint of what she wanted mm -hmm. to be was. And I'm like, that sounds like us, like everything that they were saying, I was like, it might not be that thing, but that is a super good skill set to have. Yeah. I don't have any of those skill sets. And like, if I was an employer, I would pick you over me every time. Cause you have like the tenacity to deal with a long project versus by the end of the day, if I'm not on the next thing, I'm going to be upset. You know? So like, yeah. Um, but that's also good awareness to, like, for be you to self aware. Have. Mm -hmm. And know like oh that's actually what I want and how what a blessing that your stage manager was like there are you do you still talk no I don't think I've been in touch with her like probably since just after college um, 
but she was definitely like a very formative influence in like that decision and then all the stage managers that I worked with right after that like um to essentially to like become a professional stage manager you apprentice to join the union so you have to do a certain number of shows and get a certain number of credits in order to like be a full member um so Dylan I think similar to your point of like seeing what the version of not the not the spotlight person but like who all is holding a thing all together behind the scenes is like pretty magical and to see like what are the personalities that kind of hold that together was really um informative because like you you go see a play and you see the like you know eight to 70 people who are on stage like whatever that is um and like that's who you see sometimes you see the orchestra so it's like another 30 people um but then there's another like several dozen people who you don't see who are like keeping the thing together and you know mm -hmm. like running basically all of yeah. the elements that you are like not meant to hmm. if they do their job well you never Ex know it happens exactly yeah so it was um just just to your point like personality wise it's just it's a different human i think it doesn't have to be in like entirely different and it's not that there's not overlap but i think there's um there's someone who's very well suited to being a performer um and that that is exactly what they should be doing and like that is the person that people should want to watch and then there's a whole other group of personalities who like should be running the automation and should be being stage managers and being directors and like it's I don't know I think it's really cool to see how theater takes shape in that way because it requires so many different humans like coalescing um and like there is no deadline more fixed than opening night like the tickets have been sold the thing is happening so mm -hmm. like it's <laughs> the, high pressure like, high results high I love pressure. That. it's yeah. so real and often like your rehearsal period is three and a half weeks and like then congratulations you have an audience so like everybody put on your like big kid pants and like we're gonna make the thing because the people are coming so it's that was like a really that was a cool change and like the the pressure of that was always like really interesting and good because it is like it moves really quickly and you have to be paying attention and be on your shit and um i i enjoyed that a lot um I got to work on some like big things that were like very cool and then some small things that were like really beautiful and touching and interesting and kind of the whole like spectrum of things. So yeah, it's a, it's a cool little world and maybe one day it will come back. <laughs> we'll it see. Will, for sure. It will come back. Yeah. yeah. No, it's super interesting. So it's, I was curious, like the, the, the process of mm -hmm. like deciding that you wanted to be a stage manager, but it sounds like there's a pretty direct path. Like you apprentice and then you, you just be, become it. So it, a little bit, it's fairly straightforward. Yeah. Like you, you can get a degree or not. Um, like there are lots of stage managers who didn't go to school for it. Um, and just started working. Like basically if you start as like a production assistant or mm -hmm. as like the person who makes the coffee, like that is, that's your way in. And then you kind of start to like see how things work and how, um, there's, a lot of structure that is consistent across shows like uh obviously different depending on like the type of show you're doing but kind of how things roll out and like how the hierarchy works and like a little bit who you can speak to and who you shouldn't speak to and like those sorts of things how the communications work you you learn that by being in it so you can have the degree and get into that or you can kind of like start as like the baby at yeah. the like bottom of the totem uh hierarchy and then and move your way up so it's um it's, I don't know, very much a, like a learn by doing kind of situation. And also because every project is different, you're very much just like learning on your feet, um, to, to sort that out. So, um, yeah, I went, I went to university for four years and then, um, I was very lucky to get an apprenticeship right away. Like I graduated in May and started apprenticing in September. Is that September. not normal? 
it was I think I just lucked out like I I had a good interview with like yeah. a nice lady and she was awesome and I ended up doing four of my six apprenticeships with her and she was just the like she was the best I'm assuming like four of six shows mm-hmm Right. Like yeah. It's not like years. It's by shows and like stuff. Correct. Yeah. So I got into the union after two and a half years, which was, which is also very, very fast. Like usually you can bank on like, oh, I will get one, one credit per year for six years. And then is in the a meantime, credit like a full show. Yeah. There's like a certain parameters that they set around it, um, based on like how long does the show run for and like, what are your responsibilities? How and many how players? Much... Correct. Yeah how big is the theater like that mm-hmm. kind of stuff so not everything counts as a credit but once once you have them then you're in the union and then you can like work on more and, and bigger things um that was really helpful for me when i moved here because um there's like canadian equity um is the canadian actor and stage manager union and then american actors equity is the american version and they have like a reciprocal deal so if you're a, a member of one and you have work authorization to be in the other country um you can be like hey can i join your union yeah. and they're like cool give us your money and then you're in the union <laughs> um so that yeah. it just makes it a little bit easier to like work on especially bigger things i think like with any job if you want to consistently do like non-union work don't join the union because it will limit you and then you can't do other stuff but Mm -hmm. um i think what i was really interested in doing was working on like the big the big big things so yeah yeah that checks out yeah that checks out you know like if you're gonna do it we were just talking earlier you're not interested unless excellence is the only outcome (laughs) right well as dylan and i were discussing if we're not good at it we're not doing it so that's not fun like oh my gosh can i tell you this past weekend i tried um fat tire biking uh, in -hmm. the snow um and i definitely had like a little toddler meltdown in the middle of it where i was like i am a good cyclist and i cannot do this and this is stupid and i was like no you will figure it out and you like i am a competent biker like i i do this as a racing thing on a road bike on skinny tires on a road yeah you're triathlete yes sir this should not be a problem this should not be a problem (laughs) but it was like incredibly upsetting to be like why can i not keep this bike upright and also like i don't like falling so you know and then we have to just like Take a, take a second and be like, what am I actually upset about? No one cares that I'm not good at this, except for me. So it doesn't matter. And I have to like be the one to sort this out. And then we have a moment of growth. And then we continue the biking. And then we go, oh, I'm a grown-up. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> well, now I'm just on the edge of my seat. Yeah. What happened with the biking? Did you ever figure out what was going on? Oh, yeah. It was just the snow was really deep and it's hard. <laughs> so... <laughs> They were like, it's hard. So we we did like a 10 mile ride. And so like the first like two and a half miles, neat. And then like kind of miles, like two and a half through five. It was just like, wow, there is so much loose snow and the bike was not interested. And so I had a nice walk and I looked at the sky and I pushed my bike and I got a little arm workout and that was great. And I got back on the bike and then I biked the rest of it. Wow. Mm -hmm. It was hard and it was great. <laughs> I forget that other people bike to go a distance versus like that off a cliff. Like as a form it, yeah. of yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not just a way to inevitably injure yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Is that not the purpose of biking? The inevitable yeah. injury. Very good. But it was good. It was, you know, it's important to like try new things as a grown up and be bad at them. And then like maybe that is the like self knocking down a peg. You're like, Mm -hmm. no, no, I'm good. Maybe it's important to just be reminded that like we can always be growing. We can always be like learning new things. We can always be falling off a bike and not hitting our heads and being very happy about that. You know, that was a very merciful thing. It was nice. More than 10 times you fell over? Yeah, probably right around 10. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
not like I wasn't but like going like honest, sixty. Like, as an <laughs> like, adult, like, yeah. God, it was so frustrating. Here in my stupid snow yeah. pants, being just like a huge toddler, like of course my bike on the hill. But it was great. It was like beautiful and good and magical for so many other reasons. And then there was growth. So yeah. hooray! <laughs> yeah, hooray! Yeah. Have you perfect. injured yourself on a bike recently? Uh, well, um, I I got my collarbone surgery that's healing up but that wasn't from oh, a recent injury that was an old injury yeah 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 okay I don't think of like well there was when the was the that, time yeah he landed on his head pretty good pretty aggressively do you wear a helmet fall. yeah okay great so I didn't as a kid <laughs> but uh I've <laughs> grown and matured wow so much growth here yeah. on this table yeah. uh, <laughs> no that was probably like the most recent time but I fell on like a stuntman airbag so like okay it was a bad fall it was. You, don't you would have died it. if it was concrete. There's a good chance. Were you uh, there for this? Pretty serious things would happen. There, there may or may not be a video floating around. <laughs> that you may I, or may, may not have yeah, shot. Yeah. Okay. No, I had my friend film it because I was really close to landing a backflip tail whip, uh, which is something I've just always wanted to do. And uh, this one, my shoulder came out of socket as I like left the ramp, so I just like rolled down the windows to my head from several. Yeah, so he goes upside down and then stays upside down and lands upside down. Because I like let go of uh, the bike and lost all my momentum. So I'm just like ragdolling through the air and like fell straight to my head. And everyone was like, oh, he's dead. I'm like, that's fucking oh bad. My God. And I get up and I'm like, guys, can you believe it? I'm still here. <laughs> and, uh, it's a miracle. Yeah. And they're all like, let's stop. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, but it was after like five very close attempts, like putting both feet on and just putting a foot down kind mm-hmm. of thing. And uh, yeah, just my body wasn't participating on that final one. But uh, that's like, I feel like that's my version of New York. Like you've dealt with so many crazy, high, intense, like you've literally shared a subway with someone pooping on the subway. Like that's a, a gnarly moment. <laughs> and you now know how to get through life without panicking and you have some grace in like flexibility in moments where others might not i am very good in like a high stressful situation because i've like you know fallen 20 feet to my head before and like real fast make sure i'm okay get back up wave to the crowd you know and uh like i feel like that's my form of like you have to get like inoculated to stress interesting like i Mm -hmm. i know some friends of ours and they are wonderful people Mm -hmm. But they just aren't inoculated to like intense high stress, okay, or like pressure, pressure, or, mm-hmm. or some of these things because they were loved as children. And interesting. Oh, we've just opened a no. door and let <laughs> no. us walk no. through it. Yeah, let's no, not. Yes. Go, I'm gonna go for <laughs> let's like not I'm, go I was joking about like this. you know everybody gets a trophy and stuff, let's but like it uh like because they didn't have to like deal with these intense stressful like gnarly moments when it happens for the first time and you're like, I have friends where they've gotten injured at like 25 for the first time Mm. and it's like earth shattering and their Mm -hmm. entire life spirals out of control for like Mm -hmm. three weeks versus like I carried my own stuff in from my own collarbone surgery versus like Mm -hmm. you're so calm, cool and collected under like these intense stressful work environments because you've had the next day is opening day and nobody knows their lines and things are happening and you're like running around making sure that everything's working. So now you're like better under that pressure. 
I think that's real. There's like that inoculation is definitely, that feels accurate of just like learning how to be in a situation that is like tense or stressful or uncomfortable or like any, any version of those things. Obviously like there are extremes that I think like no one can ever plan or prepare for and that like no one is expected to be (laughs) like their best self in situations X, Y, Z. But I think there's definitely something to be said for like doing that mental comparison of like, okay, this thing I'm experiencing right now, how does it compare to like the most stressful thing I can possibly imagine or that I have been through or like what is the worst case scenario? Um, and is this that? No. Okay, <laughs> great. Um, or being in the situation where you're like, what is the worst case scenario? Oh, it's this. Oh, I'm literally living through what I would have previously said was the worst possible thing that could ever happen. And then you get to the other side of it and you're like, oh, okay. Somehow like we persevere. And yeah. like, it's it's really interesting like how we can be so limited by what we feel we or other people are like capable of that if I don't know if if we are tested as as human beings and I say this from like a position of like incredible privilege that like the the things that have (laughs) been the hardest (laughs) like you know the things that have been the hardest in my life that have have been hard like I recognize that like relative to being a refugee relative to like war famine like there are so many things that are like oh that's actually like really terrible um but the sometimes your phone doesn't work and that's annoying (laughs) or like people die (laughs) or like you know things that are just like your your conception of like what is what is the worst possible thing that could happen and then it happens and you're like okay and now i'm standing on the other side of it what do i take away from that like i think it's just it's really interesting that we can do more than perhaps we think that we can. So we're in the stressful thing. Like, for example, your friend humans who um, don't deal well with pressure. Like, I bet they've been in stressful situations where they've actually gotten through it. Like, somehow they're still alive. I try and remind them of this. Yeah. You've never not made it. it totally, a single time. You've totally. never right. not made it. It, it comes that, back to, yeah. I'm invincible because I've literally never died. Yeah. One yeah. Of, <laughs> that's my favorite. That's my favorite. <laughs> Self-attributed <laughs> quote. <laughs> Is that um, yours? Yeah. That's very good. So it, it was came my, about in a different way. <laughs> I think it was my okay. birthday, and I had gone to pick Dylan up from the bar. Yeah. At the time, it was his birthday, and I celebrated, and he <laughs> designated drove. <laughs> and, I uh, mean, friendship. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I, at the time, had a very fast Subaru with a roof rack and a bike on that roof rack. Okay. And Dylan rode home on the bicycle, theoretically. <laughs> Uh, it's allegedly, just, allegedly, that's what I was looking for. Yeah. And uh, so, like, like sit, okay, hold on, paint this picture for me. Bike, the bike is upright of my Subaru while I drove home. Did you go under any bridges? That was my first thought. No, but I was like, okay, but that would have been hilarious <laughs> if I could have, like, actually, yeah. Legend of Zorro, like Tonto, and like, like, just like classic cartoon, like, very slowly approached a bridge as he like panicked on my roof. That would have been great. Like a train but, and the kite. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. I probably would have deserved it. I, oh, but. well, he was very angry that I wasn't going fast. <laughs> I, I was screaming, go 90, go 90. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we made it to many several digits. And anyways, we're, oh, we get home and we're okay. like through the moon because we're boys and we're dumb. And Allie, <laughs> she's like trying to love me. It's my birthday. And she's like, also, I'm so mad at you right now. You guys are idiots. And then she's like, Dylan, what are you thinking? And he just looks at her like... No, she was like, you could have died. And he just stares her like right down the barrel and just, I'm invincible. And she's like, Dylan, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You're not invincible. 
I've not died yet. <laughs> no, I believe my exact words were, I've literally never died. Yeah. That's why I attribute yeah. that quote to it's myself. The best. I mean, that's pretty good. And it's not wrong. So. Exactly. But I mean, like, for the listening audience, like, be careful. Yeah. <laughs> like, in all fairness, <laughs> this is a dude who's literally ridden bikes since he was a child. He's ridden dirt bikes. We're okay. very, con- like, again, that's like our inoc- inoculation is like, Wild okay. stuff like that. Bikes like are not scary. We're basically like stuntmen. Like we used to like jump over fire and like all this crazy stuff that we would like. So to us, that seems very normal versus yeah. like being on a subway full of like the craziest group of people all smashed in there and no one wants to be there. Sounds way crazier to me. And that would probably be like my stressful situation. But like somehow way safer probably. Than, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, but, it, but it's like you... <laughs> It's like we're talking about this inoculation thing. Like, we didn't start by going 90 on a bicycle on a roof Which rack. we didn't do ever, <laughs> to be fair. To we just were, allegedly, yeah. maybe, uh-huh. 65. Yeah, I don't think we got up to 90. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't know. But uh, We changed yeah. ours a few times. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. Start, you start with a, a bicycle jump that's on a bricks, yeah. three inches tall wearing full hockey pads yeah. I have this video. Yeah. Really? It's adorable. And, yeah. But, and I wasn't even that young. I, when I was playing <laughs> hockey, I was probably like 12 or 13. Awesome. So but you're like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it yeah. safely. And we, we do this and then, oh, then we go a little bit faster, a little yeah. bit higher. And yeah. over 20 years, that builds up into being able to do some cool stuff. Yeah. That's fantastic. Safely. I feel like that's such a good like analogy for life things generally, right? Like the rushing into the things, sometimes it works and sometimes it turns out like you're a, a genius cyclist and you're amazing and you can do it with no training. But actually the long game, very helpful, like plan it and practice it and like build up and like get to the place that you like actually know what you're doing um, before you just like try to like run through the wall because it turns yeah. out like that wall is solid. <laughs> that um, one is brick. And that one is brick. Yeah. But like if you put yourself in a position and you plan and you prepare, like there you go. Now you can like ride a bike off a mountain. I assume that's what you do. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. We, yeah, yeah. We, like, we go in the air. You go in the air. You take yeah. the bike in the air. The bike doesn't go in the air, but you put it there. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like what you just shared is so... Um, we have a lot of guests on the podcast, and that's been like one of my favorite things is my definition of like joy and like excitement and all these things that I'm passionate about is this little tiny bubble, and we've gotten to expand that bubble mm-hmm. and share this space with a bunch of really interesting people that have very different views on what brings them joy. And mm-hmm. hopefully, we can like share that with people. And maybe that sparks some interest and mm-hmm. some passions for other people. Totes. Um, you are one of the few people that out bubbly me in a room. Oh, in terms of I energy. don't think that's true. <laughs> it is. I, it is a I rare don't. opportunity <laughs> when I find myself in competition for like. No, I want the attention. <laughs> <laughs> and it's hey. fantastic and amazing because uh, it makes me better. And because <laughs> <laughs> it gives you something yeah. to strive for. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but in all honesty, you're so lovely and so bubbly and so fun. I appreciate and, um, That's that we could get uh, into acting. So many other things, perhaps. I think the tiny baby actor is still in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Or at least yeah, I know I how tell. to like, pull her out when, when appropriate. 
um, like um, staff meetings where I have to give presentations. <sighs> the and joy I, you bring. Oh, but here's the thing is that I am so uncomfortable that we have to go into full like blackout mode and then we're just like, and we're making is the Is there another way to perform? I don't know, <laughs> but that's what it is. Yeah. And then we talk about Asana or whatever it is yeah. that we're talking about today. Um, yeah. So the reason I bring all this up is from the outside looking in, mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of people, if they saw us two in a room and we're, you know, jiving and mm-hmm. we're having a good time, they would probably think we're very similar in like our actual, like what brings us comforts, what brings us, you know, like where we, our boundaries are. Oh, Because from the outside looking in, we're both like these extroverted people who mm-hmm. are, you know, so boisterous and like improv and like mm-hmm. having all this spontaneity. But in all actuality, mm-hmm. I think we're actually different mm-hmm. in some pretty major ways. Even though we both ended up in this place where like most people probably think of us as very joyful, extroverted, like excited people. Mm-hmm. We've come about it very different ways. And I'd love to hear more about like maybe your process of how you've gotten to this place. Have you always been this way? That's so interesting. Like, what an actually, like, very deep, good question. Um, one, I think personalities are so fascinating. And, like, yeah. every everybody can kind of, like, slot into one of, like, several buckets, I think, generally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and where that comes from, I think, is similar for, like, the people that fit into this bucket. Eh, like, that probably formed at the same time for the same kinds of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, that is so interesting. I think that, yes, I have been this personality for my whole existence but I think my like public facing self is is quite different than my like alone self but I think I'm able to exist in a particular way in the world because I like prioritize the like introvert recharge time is what I like to call it because I think I'm actually like in a lot of ways very introvert I'm very comfortable with people I love people I love talking to people I love I more so love listening to people like I actually I find this this amount of talking is like quite unusual for me and I'm like just like trying to be cool with it. Well, you're doing but, great. <laughs> oh my God, thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I think because I spent so much of my career not being the loudest one, not like being the one who being like... Being a production manager, yeah, you're not going to be. Your job is to like receive the things and fix the things and be like, the thing is fixed or like how can I make this easier for you? Like it is very much not about my, my opinion, my comfort, my whatever and like that's fine. Yeah, I you're dealing with Broadway actors. Those are like literally the biggest personalities you can be There's around. There's some very big personalities and they're like beautiful, wonderful yeah, humans. Yeah. Not by any means bad. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that like there's, I think there, there's something to, if I like actually think about it, I am a very excited person. Like very simple things bring me like an enormous amount of joy. Like the sun, mm-hmm. um, as discussed, um, the sky, very yes. good. Water, like I think it's it's a lot of nature things. Apparently, um, dogs, <laughs> like movement, yeah. running, like th- like there are very simple things that just make me like so incredibly fundamentally happy. And it doesn't take a lot to like make me joyful. Um, and I think the like like the act of putting that back into the world is really important. Um, I think because in my existence, I've known a lot of people who exist in like the, <clears throat> excuse me, like the sad, bad place. Um, and so I, like if I'm, if I'm going into like the deep mind of thinking, I'm like, oh, how much of my existence has been like having to be the like leavening, like having to be the force that like, oh, just like kind of brings everything back up a little bit because what has been around has been 
less light. Um, mm-hmm. So like one, one internalizes one's own things because one's, one's job is to like bring the lightness or to bring the, like the fixing. Um, but I think in order to be able to do that, I have to do the, the recharging. Um, so what also brings it me sounds like what you're saying is like having time to take care of yourself as an introvert and, and have some like quality time with Amy where it's just you and you get to kind of recharge your own batteries is what allows you I, to, yeah. like you've learned what recharges your batteries. Totally. And so that's why you get to show up so regularly at full power versus totally. most people may not actually know what charges their batteries right. or they're like bummed that that's the thing that charges their batteries. I know so many people were like, but I wish that's what charged my batteries. And you're like, Oh, that's actually not something like, that's well, working. Unfortunately, for you. Yeah. that's not in the cards. Just enjoy whatever that brings you. If you lean into it, you'll at least have a full battery and that might bring you to a new place. But and it often doesn't now. take a lot to do that recharging. I think like it's to your point, the case of figuring out what is it that recharges you and it's not a lot. And then you show back up in the world in the way that you like want to be in the world mm-hmm. or feel good being in the world. I think I would not enjoy showing up in the world like in a low energy, kind of downery, complainy, icky place. Like obviously rage poems are kind of complainy, but they're like more funny than complainy. Yeah, so, exactly. <laughs> um, or they're like very my, light for like going and addressing a very dark moment. My yeah. like bitching about New York is like mostly in jest because also like... I don't live there anymore. Um, but I think like there's, there's something to be said for identifying what it is that like makes you be a whole person. And if one of those things, if, 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 if there's many, or if there's one thing that is missing and you're not showing up as your best self in the world, like there's probably a reason. And so it's worth spending the time to be like, what do I need? Like, is it food? Is it water? Is it movement? Um, is it time with people? Is it time away from people? Do I need some sleep? Do I need less sleep? Like what, what am I doing in my existence that are, um, or that is, is helping me or not helping me, um, totally. or, or how many like draining forces are there in my existence right now that are taking my energy away and I'm also not able to replenish it quickly enough. So yeah, I don't know. I feel like very simple things bring me joy. And, um, in order to show up in the world as like a, as the human I want to be, I just have to constantly seek those out and just like make sure that that's like topped up. So well, I think that's an important part too, is now that you know what they are, mm-hmm. I would be shocked if you don't uh, voraciously defend getting what you need. And that's a really interesting because that's of it, just I think. as important. Yeah, and I think a lot of humans, um, myself included, I think to to a point. I think I've I've learned enough to be like, oh no, I get to prioritize my own priorities. Um, but it's it's often very hard to say like this is what I need. Like I'm actually, I'm going to say no to this thing because it's actually really important that I do this and being able to like set boundaries for yourself and, um, like manage that on your, on your own behalf, I guess, um, is, can, can be very tricky. And like, obviously like I'm, I'm a person who does not have children. I have a dog. Like I, I don't own my home. Like I have so many things that are like actually not grown up responsibilities that other adults my age have. Um, so I'm, I definitely say that from a place of knowing that my responsibilities are mostly to myself and then also not being shitty to my friends and my family. Like (laughs) that's like, those are kind of my responses and like going to work. Um, but I, but I think there's something to be said for like as much as you can defending the things that make you be a good human. 
Like, cause yeah. it, I think my mom used to say like, uh, like if, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy or something yeah. like that. And it's like, so real. That's, that's so real because like nobody else is going to take care of that stuff for you. And if, if you want to be arriving in the world in a way, like you have to just like make sure the things are in a, in a place. So that's like, are all the things in your house in exactly the right place that you need them to be in order to be like a calm human? Like I can't deal with clutter. So everything in my house has a very designated spot that it bees in. And yeah. then, and then I walk in and I look at my house and I'm like, yes, everything is here. Mm, great. <laughs> and then I like, don't have to have a meltdown about it. Yeah. So I think knowing that about myself and then not apologizing for it so that if the people come into the home and they move the things, I'm like, mm, that's actually not where this goes. And that has to be okay. And then I don't have to be like stupid about it. So yeah. yeah, I think it's also just like owning our own weirdness and being like, sometimes I'm weird and it's fine. Yeah. I feel like that's pretty much what our entire purpose <laughs> podcast is, is yeah. to hopefully get people to ask those questions of themselves and, yeah. and to like not be bummed that the thing that they need to recharge or the thing that you described it so well of, I want to show up as this person mm-hmm. and then literally doing the math of like, well, in order to have the, you know, I think of it as a bank account or maybe Totes. gas in a tank. Of like, yep. In order to have enough resources yep. of time, effort, and give a fucks, yep. uh, then I must have X, Y, Z. Yeah. And so That's often so real. nobody does the like algebra to get to there. Mm-hmm ahead of time mm. and half algebra time, algebra might be a, yeah it's not we're even complicating, that complicating it a little bit yeah. too much yeah but, uh, like the gentle just, line sketch yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. it's, not, it's, it's pretty not simple much. i mean yeah that it's is the joy addition, quota yeah. it's yeah you gotta fill your your quota totally well, and to totally. even have the quota in the first place to to know that it exists i guess and like yeah to know like joy and fulfillment is just as important as making sure that my bank account is full Mm -hmm. and that I'm feeling healthy Mm -hmm. and that I have the right people in my life and that I'm getting enough sun and movement and air and all the the things that um, it's so easy to just kind of let fall to the side. So I think that that's a really beautiful thought. I would agree. Yeah. Well said. Killing Uh, it. Gosh. Yeah. You are just such a dynamic person, and it's so fun it. to get to have you on the podcast. And thank you for hanging to, like, out with me. This is so lovely. Some fun stories from your wonderful brain. Um, I think that there's something that at least is on my mind, mm-hmm. might be on Dylan's mind. Mm-hmm. We would like to hear an insane story from Broadway because it seems like a place where there's probably an insane story of just like something Whoa. where you're like, <clears throat> wow. What a crazy time. Or maybe it's like, well, this was the funnest show I ever did. Or maybe mm-hmm. it's like, this is the one time when we were like a millimeter from everything falling apart. And then it didn't or whatever. Or it did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Or it did. <laughs> yeah. That's an equally exciting story. So much of our gig was uh, like, I mean, what they teach you in stage management school uh, is like your job is to make sure the show doesn't stop, which is like if you've ever been yeah. to a play and like the curtain comes in and then there's an announcement that's like, ladies and gentlemen, we're holding for a technical malfunction. Please remain in your seats. Like that is one that would be one of us. For shame. For shame. <laughs> that would be a stage manager saying that. And like often like that is happening for a safety reason um, that like if you're stopping, it's because either someone did get hurt or someone was about to get hurt and like we had to stop or like something faulted like the yeah. all of that like automated scenery that moves it's not like some guy pushing it it's robots and computers <laughs> moving it <laughs> like it's crazy um 
uh, like we we were taught that basically like your gig is to make sure that things never stop so like are you in rehearsal and like somebody's about to ask for this glass and I've already passed it to them like there should not be a, um, a second of waiting for anything it's like you're you're preempting and you're looking 10 steps ahead and making sure that like stuff is stuff is on track and things mm. are going smoothly um there are so many instances though where like say the robots are like no i don't want to take that cue today yeah. and then the scenery just doesn't move and like the automation technician is like i'm pressing the button and it's not moving <laughs> and you're like, like yeah. Yeah. yeah and then you have to hit the e-stop on the thing because the last thing that you want is for the the thing to catch up five seconds later and like now what's in the path of that moving scenery is an actor and like yeah our, our job was also to like keep everybody safe and make sure that nobody was going to um, a distant second a d- distant. <laughs> well kidding. it was all kind of I'm like kidding. make sure yeah, yeah. nothing stops and also that no yeah, one gets I'm hurt totally and joking. like they go together yeah um so there man what what are some crazy things like i mean we had things break all the time um which was like always pretty wild we okay so it was going like in the, the reverse order of the archive Oh, okay. I can go way back in the archive. Okay, like way maybe back. the craziest thing that happened um, in my stage management career. And this, like, okay, I will preface this by saying, like, some crazy stuff happened. Like, some people fell off some things. Yeah. Some people fell into some things. And, like, um, I was working on the uh, a certain show at the Radio City Music Hall featuring a bunch of dancing girls who kicked their feet to their faces. You might know it. It's the Rockettes. Yeah. Um, and one of the, like, drapes was up in the air. Like, um... So everything, when it's not, this piece of scenery is not on stage and it is not uh, like in play, mm-hmm. it lives up in the fly loft. And so it gets pulled out like 100 feet in the super air. high, yeah. It's super high. Um, and so let's imagine like there's a big piece of scenery up there and I don't know, it has like candy canes or something on it. And there's a pipe in the bottom and that's the weight that allows uh-huh. that to come in and then like hit the floor oh, in no. one big, beautiful, solid line. Yeah. Now imagine it's like December 15th and like the Christmas show has been running for a month now. Um, and prior to this version of, of Christmas, um, the scenery was all stored in a warehouse and um, it's the same scenery we've used for, oh, these drops are 35 years old and um, they were dry rotted and then all of a sudden you oh. have all of the Rockettes on stage and they're dressed as the soldiers and they're doing that like, yeah. very beautiful like classic wooden soldiers um, number and um, the bottom of the drop just gives out and the no. pipe starts falling oh. out and there's girls dancing and they have these huge hats on and the like pieces of pipe are falling out of the sky. There's literal just like weapons falling from 80 feet in the what? air onto the girls. And like magically nobody but a stage manager got hurt. Like wow. that was pretty banana pants. So I say that to say like that was pretty crazy and weird and unexpected because just like at that time, at that moment, like those pipes could have fallen out of the sky at any time. Overnight yeah. they could have, you know, Descended from the air, but had to happen right then during the show yeah. with all the women on stage. Um, so I, I say that, and then I back up. Oh, 11 years, and I'm working on hairspray and hairspray delightful. The this only is, show I've ever seen on Broadway. No way, very good. I didn't work on it on Broadway, however, it great show. That yeah. was one of the first ones my mom took me to, um, like, the big theaters in Toronto that would get the tours. I think she mm-hmm. took me there for, like, a Christmas present one year. And I was like, this is what I will do. I, like, <laughs> cried through the whole thing. Like, oh. so formative, yeah. so beautiful. Like, what a beautiful show. I was also, like, a very fat kid. So being like, a show about a fat girl, like, <laughs> right. Uh, like, delighted. Um, and, okay, so here we are. It's 2010, 2011. Okay. It's been a bit. Um, and... 
so here we're making hairspray and I'm standing in the wing and I'm like okay neato show's happening it's all good and the um, actor playing the the mother like um, mm-hmm. it is a it is a man playing the mom starts wandering off the stage in the middle of the scene and I was like that's weird why is he coming over here like is he okay and he kind of was like wandering out of the wing and I was like like boop, 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 what are you doing out here um and so he like went, went back onto the stage and then he like went up on a line which is like where you forget what you're saying and you uh-huh. you kind of like lose it and then in the next and then the next what a number, lovely term for such an intense moment <laughs> to like forget a line oh yeah on Broadway. Oh, I just went up on a line he went up on a line it's yeah it's fine I it was thinking all of the line as in like oh like flying. a foy line yeah, yeah. <laughs> although i've worked on a lot of things with flying and it's so scary it's so scary i hate it so much um like i love it and it's wonderful yeah. but like um it's terrible. yeah as a stage manager i'm sure things get very serious uh with the with the, yeah. any amount of danger yeah um turns out this like lovely actor was having a stroke um, I was afraid of that <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and then he wandered back out onto the stage and then um like uh, in the middle of a scene he was not in, he like had, he brought himself back up to like the deck level and then wandered out. And um, it was myself and another ASM on the other side. And we were like, something's going on with him. And the calling stage manager, who was the one essentially like air traffic controlling what was happening, she was like, neato. And she like had them bring in the curtain and oh, we called an ambulance. And then we closed the show for four days. And then we rehearsed somebody new to go into his role who had never done it. Like we didn't have understudies at this theater. Yeah. Um, so we brought in a new guy and he learned the show in three days. And then on the fourth day, we reopened with an audience. And it was, that was really crazy. And I was still like, I was a baby stage manager. Like that, I think was maybe my first full-time wow. contract, like as a full union wow. person. Talk about inoculation right there. Girl, wow. you know what? You learn. And then you, you see that like, oh, like crazy things can happen. And like, actually you can't prepare for any of it because like, who could have known that that would happen? <laughs> yeah. Of the many things that you can prepare for. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh Yeah. But there's like, I mean, like of, of all the examples of things to happen, like mine are pretty tame and I feel very lucky for that. Like lots of show stuff. A lots dude of having a stroke and... on stage doesn't seem tame. He's okay though. Yeah. He's still okay now. Okay, so my next question. Wow. Yeah. And he yeah. went back to acting? Uh, yes. Not that show. He didn't finish the run, but he, I think like the next season had more contracts and. Wow. Yeah. Just like really, that's really crazy. Amazing. Like that's, I think that's like also a level of resilience to be like, well, I'm going to get back into the space where like a very scary, bad thing happened. Um, but that was like, that was the kind of stuff that we were dealing with. Also the stakes of what we were working on and like how big things were and how like potentially dangerous things were, were like, oh, you actually have to be on your game or someone's gonna lose a leg and they'll never dance again. Uh, someone could literally fall and die yeah. off, off of or into anything. Um, and so we did a lot of like yelling and big gesturing. So like my um, my staff meeting voice, um, where I like talk about Asana or like whatever yeah. it is that we're doing, um, it, the same thing would be like, man, there's a hole over here and if you walk in this direction, you will die, so don't do it. It. and yeah. it's like you know just trying to like keep no it no one light. knows yeah. how real that is in the staff meeting because we are in such a like naturally like real estate is such a blah thing for, yeah. like everyone is so unimpressed with it and i'm like you guys this is incredible yeah. everything we're doing. can you believe this and, and isn't that Amy a good energy to bring to it and like 
the the level of uncomfortability <laughs> for everyone else in the room, like me and David, feeling great. We're yeah. like, yes, yes, finally someone is on our level. And then everyone else is like, why is this chick so excited? Like, it's so phenomenal. But would you not rather listen to that than somebody being like, okay, and then we're going to talk about the fitness challenge in yeah. like a really kind of like way. Totally. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and I think that's like, again, inoculation, like, there's no cool way to be the person in charge. No. So Often being not. able to just sit with the fact that like that's off the top. Like it's not It's even already weird. Off yeah. the table. <laughs> it's already weird. So I might as well be showy. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of gestures and like I'm gonna make jokes and have fun. Cause it's already weird. It's already like, weird. I couldn't do this so great, it's not weird. <laughs> That's so yeah. accurate. But is that also not like true of life? So like, let us just be That's in like the, yeah. the weird version of like being a human and like, this is all very strange. Like, let's just live in like the higher, lighter version of it because like it could, the alternative is really dark. Totally. Like the alternative of existing and like being a human and being in human interactions is like, oh, woof, so hard. So perhaps I mean, instead. I think about that all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like... How weird is it? Everything we do is like people is so weird. It's so weird. So when something weird happens, we're just like, yeah, that checks out. Yeah. Like a hundred percent. That feels so right. Yeah. And like let us celebrate that it's like beautiful and weird. Because mm-hmm. otherwise it's just kind of grim. Yeah. So yeah, I don't love that. Well, I've, I mean, what a what a great thought. Yeah. Let's <laughs> celebrate that it's kind of weird and beautiful. Kind of weird. And just yeah. Live in that space. And live in that space. Yeah. I think it makes it a little a little easier. We just sort of submit to humanity. Be like, yeah, all right. Universe, what's next? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Great. Yeah. Amy, you're the best. Thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate you both so much. Thank yeah. you for hanging out with me. This is delightful. Absolutely. Well, we are reaching pumpkin hours. And so pumpkin uh, we would like to wrap up. But Great. we have a very, uh, like we always ask this of everyone. Okay. It's not like, this is a very selfish question. This is just for you. Okay. It doesn't have to be a good piece of story. Okay. It doesn't have to be interesting. This okay. is just for you. And we always like to end on, when you think of joy, mm-hmm. what comes to mind? Or like, what is joy to you? Oh, that's so interesting. The Like you said joy, and the first thing I pictured was like a lake and trees and a mountain. Like immediately. Wow. Which is really like interesting and I don't know, probably informative that I think there's something about like, there's like a safety in that also, like the, the outdoorsiness and the like access to, I don't know. I'm just imagining like, Oh, am I like a cave lady? Like what's so appealing about that? I'm like, Oh, there's like sky and shelter and water and it's like calm and peaceful. And there's like probably no predators. Like that's probably actually where that comes <laughs> from. <probably> like, no <laughs> like the joyfulness is like the safety and the calm. Um, but I think like, like joy is being out and moving in nature. Like at least that's what, that's what gives me a like profound sense of joy. Um, I don't know. Is is there also maybe like a connection to being just like, like reassured that like things are in a good place and you're on the right path. Maybe that's, maybe my definition of joy is like comfort and calm and safety. Like as I'm, as I'm digging this all up, <laughs> it's like actually that like everything is okay and it is calm and safe and good. Um, Which is hilarious because you're like, you spent so long as a stage manager where nothing is calm and likely not safe, but most things are good. But is it not then like very joyful and wonderful when it actually all is like, 
when things are like not shitting the bed or exploding, are you yeah. not like, oh, this is very good. Everything is, I'm so joyful. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So maybe it's, I don't know. That's such a good question. Um, yeah. I think it lives in that space of just like, like a calm, grounded easefulness maybe. And that like, maybe like the pursuit of joy for me personally is, is the, the search for like things being in just like a nice equilibrium and being very balanced and not tense or complicated. Um, I think that is, that is joy in it's like simplest and purest version. I think. Acceptable. Cool. Okay. Yeah. yeah right. I mean, there's no right answer. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> You've passed our test. Oh you God. now have our candy factory. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you. It's all yours, Charlie. <laughs> also, that movie so good, but so creepy. Like super creepy. Super creepy. I love it so much, and I used to watch it all the time. And now, as an adult person, I watch it. And I'm like, ah, danger. It's weird babies. that all of us as kids just accepted that four human adults lived in the same bed. Oh, yeah, that was pretty weird, too. I used to think a lot of Like the opening scene, we were all just like, on board. Where do the legs go? Doesn't matter. Word on the street is, there's a chocolate factory. (laughs) Like, get to the good parts. They just are there all the time. Yeah, but I think there's a a meme that had brought this up. It's like, he can't get out of bed for anything, (laughs) except as soon as there's some candy involved. (laughs) All right, we're out of bed. Maybe that was his joy. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, his calm and equal yeah. and calm. <laughs> a sugar high. Joy. <laughs> wonderful I appreciate you both so much thank you for letting me hang out with you and thank you for putting your good positive vibes in the world I feel like it's really important and necessary so well thank you thanks. for joining us anytime <laughs>